The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All right, settle down, people. We've got a lot to cover, and time is short. And it's doggy stuff. Oompa, loompa, doompa, doggy. If you are wise, you'll listen to Gash Man. One of the carbon blobs from Sector 7G. Man, you got to check it out. It'll boogie-woogie on your brain. Got gas on your mind. Some people have said that you're retarded. Not me.
that's the chimps right here on Going Global with Gas Man. It's just Saturday, and uh, these guys are the reason why I uh, will not be here in Phoenix this uh, next coming Saturday. I'll be with them next Saturday over in Grand Junction, Colorado, for the Loudwire Music Festival. These guys are playing. They actually got two gigs over the three-day festival, but they're both on Saturday. <laughs> but they're jamming out there, and I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, it's going to be an awesome weekend of music. Uh, Weezer's headlining on Friday night. On Saturday night, it's going to be Lincoln Park, and then it's Rob Zombie on Sunday night. So, and a ton of bands in between, too. Chevelle's on that list, too. I'm excited. Good lineup. <laughs> right? Damn. I know, exactly. So, uh, thanks to the Chips, man. I'm going to be hanging out with them at uh, camping, by the way. So, it's going to be a camping situation. So, That's always when's fun. the last time you guys camped? Well, the last time we tried to camp uh, was uh, <laughs> was the Canyon Lake Show actually last oh, right uh, okay. September, and then we yeah. uh, what was really funny is we uh, we were there we were we were um, scheduled to go on and we showed up early and the band in front of us went about thirty minutes longer than they were supposed to, so mm-hmm. as we were setting up going onto the stage and everyone's camped out there along the lake, um, that was right when one of the biggest uh, storms of the of, of last year came in and literally blew the stage off like everyone's trying to. Hold down the fort, and everyone's holding, <laughs> holding down the guitars, and right. things are flying everywhere, and we never got to play. And so we left. Uh, but we were supposed to camp out. That's terrible, man. We <laughs> were supposed to camp out. You know, it's funny, as I remember when that storm hit, and I was kind of glad I wasn't going out there right? at that, that time. Because we saw it as, is, uh, yeah, I remember this whole thing. I remember the, the, the radar on, on, the, on the weather channel. <laughs> this red blop was just heading right towards you guys. Yep. I'm like, oh, boy, some, something's going down. Yeah, on the drive there, I kept yeah. getting, like, like updates on uh, people texting me, like, hey, man, I think a storm's coming your way. Right. But I'm like, I think, I'm like, I think we're covered, and the stage was covered, but that wind wasn't going to. That blew the stage. That's uh, Justin, <laughs> by the way, Justin Miller from uh, Burn This for a Friend. And we have Brian with us as well. We have half the band with us here <laughs> yes. today, hanging out with us on Saturday. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys too, man. So Great. Uh, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, man, absolutely. absolutely. I, that, that would suck to have a gig like that. Awesome, cool gig to be hanging out at the lake, playing some music for everybody, camping out, and then all of a sudden it's just a disaster. Just a disaster. Right. <laughs> Everyone had to go home. <laughs> I was checking the. I'm, I haven't checked the weather yet because I think we're, we're a week away. It might be a little too preemptive to uh, check the weather for next weekend. So. But I'm just thinking, I think it'll be fine. I think they, they wouldn't choose an area that with, you know, you would possible hope. stuff. But it like, is Colorado, and Colorado well, is known for awful weather changes. Okay, but, it also, but it's also, it's very western Colorado, so it's very oh, different. Okay. So Because okay, the Rocky Mountains, I think everything east of the Rocky Mountains is when yeah. it can change in a heartbeat. Because you get the tornadoes over there mm-hmm. on that side. Denver and all right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Which kind of, you know, every time when you see like a festival... And there's always a storm. It's like, why do you place the festival at that time anymore? <laughs> you got to move it to another time. You just have to. I mean, because I know the Rocklahoma show that the chimps were at this year, again, it got rained on. I mean, rain is one thing, but, you know, I mean, cause, but tornadoes are so, like, predictable. I mean, I guess unpredictable, mm-hmm. depending on the weather, though, right? Yeah, the, true. The, so, the certain weather has to produce a tornado. So don't book shows when that certain per- that weather is produced. Yeah, it's, what is right. it, like a six-week period or something? <laughs> right, there it's should be a window, right? Just is there not? during that time. Do it, toward, do it early spring, man. Right. Let people be, I mean, you know, look, you're at a festival. I don't care, but I'd rather it be colder outside and jumping around in a mosh pit or jumping around with other people warming myself up than being too damn hot and having a chance of, you know, <laughs> lightning striking my ass either. <laughs> I don't know, it's just... I, I just, sometimes you think about certain festivals like that, you know. You're thinking like, you know, you're, I think I think this is a good spot. I think it is. I, right. I, feel, I feel it's a good spot. Feels like it's a right time of the year. I too. think it is too, man. It's perfect. I'm looking. Yeah, forward they to call it. it tornado season for a reason. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Not festival season. It right? does happen. Um, yeah, but you guys. Uh, so you, but 
Who is from here in Phoenix? Justin, are you from Phoenix? Oh, I've been here since college, which was well, 10 years ago, I guess. Okay. Um, I uh, grew up in northern Arizona, up in um, the Concho St. John's region. And um, when I started college, I came down here and I pretty much, I've been here. I, I spent some time in Florida too, but kind of a map. Paint us a map on, on the state there where you are. Like above Flagstaff, above where I was. Yeah, um, it, I, I don't it, know where that spot is. It, we, it's um, on the uh, east side of the state, um, kind of going up towards the Four Corners, but uh, obviously not when you get there. So it, it would be. Are you off the forty? Uh, well, south of the forty, actually. Oh, you're so, south of the 40, so yeah. Okay. So if you go where um, like Holbrook, Winslow, and all that, going to Albuquerque. Um, there is a road on your way th- to Albuquerque that actually branches off and goes to St. John's. Down right. that is way. it a dirt road? No. <laughs> but I did live on a dirt road, though. <laughs> an 80-acre ranch in the middle of nowhere. And just oh, really? Yeah. That's where you grew up? That's where I grew up. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. Let's get to that in a moment here. I want to talk about Brian first. Where are you from, Brian? Um, originally from the Pacific Northwest. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, the region here, that's like the, the Southwest here. So the Pacific Northwest includes Northern California, Oregon, <laughs> Washington. Not probably Idaho, right? You don't include Idaho? Uh, I wouldn't. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, so where? I guess Cascadia is the actual term. Uh, so that's anywhere, you know, Oregon. Right, Cascadia. Uh, I remember that term. Yeah, right. okay. yeah. So I actually grew up um, about a, uh, in between Seattle and Vancouver. You okay. Know, so about about an hour north of Seattle. So you're close to the border. Yeah, yeah, real close. Oh man, so I mean, I must have been tough growing up as a kid, not wanting to go over there and drink, <laughs> huh? Uh, it wasn't tough at all. We uh, waited until we were 19 and went up with our IDs. That was all. That, that was, was all it, it was. There yeah. was no sneaking in early because you know. Uh, there was no point. Uh, I mean, we were patient. Right? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait! I can't wait! I can't wait! Yeah, right? you got you got full rights once you were 19 up in Vancouver. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> it's awesome. like well, you, well, you go to Mexico, you know when we were in uh, college growing up in Southern California. So, yeah, it was, you know, anytime you get a chance to be an adult when you're not <laughs> seen as an adult here, <laughs> you know, in the eyes of our... Co- it's weird, you know. When are you seen as an adult in, in America? Like, what's our society? Because, first of all, 16 is driving. Right. 18 is... Um, voting. Voting. And 21 is drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, I never... I, you could... Uh, you can vote and you can be shipped off to war, but you can't have alcohol yet. Okay, so you know? you're not an adult when you drive, <laughs> right? Right. Um, you can fight. You can fight for the military and still want people enough to drink. So I think that you're not an so adult there either. Really, you don't think so? I think 18 is the adult line. I but, mean, for the for I think it, it, it marginalized. I mean, it's like. But when you still can't have a beer, though, are you really an adult? That's right. Right. So. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> I guess you could. So what do you do? So what do you say? I mean, so it really, so you're not an adult, or you're you're drinking. I don't think so. Should we lower the drinking age? uh, Yes. To eighteen? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the first time I the first time I drank legally was I was eighteen years old and I was um, doing a study abroad trip when I was in college to Ireland, and I knew the legal drinking age in Ireland was eighteen, so I was getting real hyped for that. But when we took off from LAX in the uh, airliner, um, the person came by uh, the flight attendant and said, hey, what can you get to drink? And I said, hey, as soon as we get over international waters, I'm going to want two glasses of wine <laughs> and two beers. And he goes, well, you know that we don't have to be over international waters. We're not landing until Ireland. I'll get it for you right now. If you want. <laughs> and so I had about a 14-hour straight flight where I was drinking, drinking. alcohol for the first time. Oh, wow. yeah, it was a good time. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that I thought I was old enough then. That was your first time. I, I snuck a drink when I was in Wyoming. I, was, I think the drinking age there was 19. At the time, um, yeah, I'm that old man. States for high school, <laughs> I'm 21, and I was 17. I was in high school. My aunt took me up to a ski trip up there, and it was uh, Christmas time or something like that. And 
I got a Long Island iced tea, and it's the first time I ever got drunk in my life. It was that time. A and Long I, Island was my first legal drink, also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was, up too. Maybe I was younger than that. Maybe I was 15. I think the, the 17 age. Maybe it was 17. 17. I don't know. Maybe someone wants to help us out. You can just uh, <laughs> email me. <Right. laughs> Give us some info. You wanna, if you want to take your time to email me, you can do that. It's not necessary, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if I'm right or wrong on that one. Um, either way, that was a long time ago. What about you, Brian? When was like your first time? My first time drinking? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, when did you, like, first... Oh, let's see. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to incriminate myself, but... <laughs> You know, I'd say around... It's okay. I'm going to talk about drugs later <laughs> on. So. I'd say around 17 is when we started stealing 40 ounces, you know. And, uh, yeah, drinking them in the parking lot with our skateboards right. and filling up our backpacks at the <laughs> at the 7-Eleven. Right. So. I mean, that's what it is. You yeah. know, it's there. I mean, people drink at that age. It's just what it is. You know, we, we once we were out of high school, all, all my friends worked at supermarkets. And every year we did this camping trip. And we had like the, the we would get beer and beer and beer and beer, um, a little more than we probably paid for. You know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we we had a, a truck specifically to haul the beer. Nice, that's a good setup. That was uh, yeah. I mean, we literally had like a, <laughs> a professional a, drink, like a couple hundred cases at least. Jesus, yeah, I'm not kidding. And we uh, it was just like we and we all had the challenge of drinking a case in a day right. and the whole deal. <laughs> which I had a 12 pack down by one in the afternoon, but then. We were playing softball or baseball, whatever we're playing, and it got hot, and I just, you know, you pass out. And it's like, <laughs> right, but hey, I got a little more time. I can still get the other 12 in. No, it's not going to happen, man. <laughs> no. Not going to happen. Once you pass that line, it's over. At least for me, it is. You know, it's funny. When I was that young, too, like, I felt like I had an iron stomach. Like, if, if we used to get in, in my small town up in northern Arizona, we waited uh, until, like, October when the, the carnival would come into town. And then when we were in high school, we'd all put our money together and, like, go to a carny and be like, hey, man, buy yourself some liquor and get us some liquor, too, kind of thing. Right. And back then, you know, they'd get you bottles of whatever, you know, gold sloggers or something. Back then, I could walk <laughs> around just, just with the cared. handle, just, just drinking it yeah. at a party. And now if I take, like, one drink of that, I'd puke everywhere. So <laughs> I, don't know, I felt like... I don't drink as... Um, I mean, I, I will have a drink here and there, but I don't do it anymore. I'm no. like, I don't get myself silly drunk anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, I will next weekend because I know my <laughs> my car is going to be parked. I'm not going to be going anywhere. Right. Plus, I'll be in Colorado, so that'll be a double good thing, you know. I'm going to get drunk and you get to enjoy the recreational. Yeah. And, and it won't uh, be so damn hot outside like it is here. And that, that, that is true. And I think I always found that, too, when you drink um, and you smoke, it's for me, it's better to drink first and then smoke because it elevates it to another you know, higher, <laughs> higher place, you know, but I mean, to me, I like that. A lot of people don't, you know, and to me, that makes also the, the difference of liking a certain type of whiskey and right. saying, cause that certain whiskey makes me feel really good as opposed to that whiskey doesn't, you know, sure. or if I'm gonna, I mean, it's just, you have to have the comparison of, of, of liquor when, when you're talking about marijuana now, because when you see these commercials on TV and they're celebrating, you know, I, I, there's a song called uh, Red Solo Cup. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Listen to me, man. Right. I'm really hip with the country music. Right. Yeah, diverse. All right. <laughs> the fact that I knew that's pretty crazy. Right. Well, <laughs> I, well, I looked right at you right. going because you are from a small town. I figured you must at least have some kind of country inkling, inkling on you, right? Where I come from. <laughs> cornbread and chicken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the whole, the whole song is, uh, you know, the Red Solo Cup, you know, that every party has, you know, you, you put it up with your beer, you know, and that's what it is, you know, it's, that's... But that's like awesome, man. Let's get how drunk we can get, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, it's the comparisons to getting high. 
you know, whether it's recreational or, or medicinal, it doesn't matter. You're not doing foolish things. Right. Although the, the I guess the mentality people have against marijuana is that stoners do right. stupid things. Right. And, I mean, maybe everyone does stupid things. How about that? Everyone always does stupid things, and you can use whatever you want as your excuse to hide behind for doing stupid things. You right. Know, I was too young. I was too dumb. Right. I was too high. I was too drunk. You can hide behind anything you want, but if people are stupid. They do stupid things. <laughs> <no matter laughs> just, right, you're just going to do stupid things. Right? <laughs> they just happen to be smoking weed at the time. Yeah, or, or maybe not. You know? <laughs> so like, when I do stupid things when I'm, when I'm sober, <laughs> you know, when I'm sober and I do a stupid thing, I remind myself that I do smoke. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, so yeah, exactly. I, I lost like, the brain cells. Yeah, it's like, I yeah, think, you know. I think one of the biggest differences is, uh, you know, when you're you're younger and you're learning your limits, you know, with alcohol, there's, uh, you know, kind of the mentality that you need to binge on it and you really go right. for it until you can't handle it. Whereas, right. you know, when you're smoking herb, you know, a little bit goes a long way. And it, <laughs> that's <laughs> you know, very true. It's very and, and you're laid back and yeah. they're always, they're couch locked, you know. I mean, that's always the stereotype of, of a stoner is, you know, you're, 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 you're tuning out of society, you're not contributing, you're just laying on a couch doing nothing. And and I, I don't know why that bothers people, to be right? honest with you. Are they you're jealous? So Are they jealous? I think they're <laughs> jealous. I honestly think they're jealous. Right. Because think about they're it. They're too high strung themselves. Because they're just sitting on the couch getting by on life, just getting high on life, and that's all they're doing, you know? Just that's all they're doing. But they're making it happen somehow. You know, they're paying yeah. their bills for the most part. I mean, I can imagine there's a few that don't. Sure. But, but for the most part, everyone's pulling their own weight. They're just not pulling in as much as you. Right. You know, and maybe maybe you want to take on that burden. Hey, all to you. <laughs> you want to go to the office every day at 7 o'clock in the morning and not come home until 6? Fine. Have at it, man. All I know are suit and tie zombies die first. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, it, this is a, I, I I have kind of a suit and tie style job, and and it, it, and it was because my mother always pushed on me to to go to school, make sure that when whenever you're working, you're doing you're getting enough to live happily right. and comfortably, and right. so I've, I've done that. But what I always tell people is like my job, what I enjoy doing is my family, my band, being home. That's my right. life. That's what I focus on. My nine to five job. That just that just pays the bills. Right, I don't right. take it's that. It's not a career. No, right. It's not your career. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what you. That's what you think about. Yeah. It's like and, and probably marijuana helps with that a little bit. I can come home and relax a little bit. Just chill out. Well, yeah, you yeah. should be able to. Right? <laughs> right? There's nothing wrong with that. If someone wants to uh, slam a six pack of beer when they get off work, then let someone have a joint when they get yeah, off exactly. work or something like that. You know, something that's going to help them out. Exactly, it won't kill you as fast. Either. Right. Exactly. All right. Good. We're on the same page. <laughs> I like that. So we're hanging out with Burn This for a Friend. And uh, you got they got a Reverb Nation, and we got a new song from them. We're gonna jam a little bit later on as well. Absolutely. And we're also gonna play some of your current stuff sure. that you have. And uh, tell people where they can find you online. Sure. So we have um, obviously ReverbNation.com/slash Burn This for a Friend or Facebook.com/slash Burn This for a Friend. Um, we're in the process of Burn This for a Friend.com, but it's not ready yet. Um, but you can go on there. You can listen to our music. You can see our upcoming shows. Uh, so far, we've got uh, one coming up next Saturday with uh, our good friends Miles Snow or at yep, Pub Rock. Absolutely. Um, we've also got. Um, we're actually playing with them again in Flagstaff, uh, August twenty first, over at the Montevi, and we're also set up at um, in Las Vegas on October third. So we're doing kind of we're setting our swing up right now. Um, but you can check out all of that information online, and if you're in the area, swing on by. Nice. All right. Um, I want to go back real quick because I, I didn't get this in about the conversation we were just having about the lifestyles of the nine to fivers to the you know the other people that don't live that way. 
the jealousy was at my first place I lived in Phoenix. And my roommate was the nine to fiver guy. He had the house, so it was his house. You know, he's fixing it. He was the boss of the house, kind of had that mentality too a little bit. And I bartended, you know, so my job didn't start till 10 o'clock in the morning. Right. And I didn't get home till, you know, well, actually it was a restaurant, so I didn't get home if I wanted to about 10.30, maybe 11 o'clock. Or if I went out, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm sleeping in, you know, it doesn't. <laughs> right. And my day's off, I'm just laying on the couch, you know, just enjoying myself. He would come home pissed off that I was just laying around the house doing nothing. <laughs> Seriously. So you should come home. And that like, wasn't even a stoner thing. I was just me living just here. Hanging I, out. Yeah, I, I didn't found my connections in Phoenix at that time. <laughs> I had just moved to Phoenix. You should have gone in like two in the morning, woken him up, and been so pissed off he was sleeping. Like, what are you doing, just laying around the you house? You just you're lazy. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I work, I pay the bills, I give you my money. What are you worried about? What I do with, with you know what I mean? It's yeah. like if I make enough money, you know, in, in one day that you'd have to take two days to make, then sorry, you know. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. But I, you know, the thing is too, is I have to wait on people. <laughs> I got <laughs> I got to deal with people, man. That's not really fair. All right, so uh, let's play something from your uh, current stuff. What do we have here? I got uh, the, your, the slew. And, uh, I want to do you know, Modern Family. You want to do Modern Family? I don't think I have that one. You <laughs> got uh, Unlawful Generation? Yeah, I got that one. Let's do that one. I might not have that. Well, I might not have pulled it in. It might be another folder of mine. No. Yeah, no worries. All right. We, Sorry, got enough, we have enough songs, dude. Don't worry I feel bad it. now. Just grab and go. I, I owe you. That's what we're they doing all here. <laughs> I, they all work. All right, we'll talk more with uh, Burn This From a, <laughs> burn this from a Friend. <laughs> And we'll be back here. You're going global with gas, man.
I love carpet. I love desk. Brick, are you just looking at things in the office and saying that you love them? I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. Music from Miles to Nowhere, Peachy is the tune Woo! from Galaxy Punk. That's their uh, album, and they are uh, playing Saturday night here in town at Pub Rock, and that's over in uh, Scottsdale, South Scottsdale. Roosevelt and Hayden is the streets around the corners there, I believe. Is, yeah, I believe uh, so. Is that correct? Yeah, old, old town. Your yeah. first time playing at that, at that place. Yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a first time playing there. We, cool, um, we've played near there a lot over at... Um, at um, um, Rock bar, which is nearby, but we've never played over at Pub Rock yet, and so uh, yeah, it's a nice so space, man. You'll like it. You'll, I mean, you, you, you've seen shows there, yeah, so you yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking about. Saw the Ataris there last uh, last year. Yeah, I, saw, I told you I saw, I saw you there. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was the last time you said you were there, right? Yeah, yeah. So I remember seeing you there. It's like, didn't I see you there? I go to all these shows. It's great. I love seeing all these different bands. You guys are one of the bands that I like to see as well. Burn this for a friend is hanging out with us here. Going global with Gas Man is the program, and it's every Saturday right here on thevoiceamerica.com channel variety channel should say and uh, this show is airing uh, live as we speak on saturday it's the date of 6 20 right and which means it's 4 20 somewhere <laughs> <laughs> i guess right is that how that works um and we're talking with burn this for a friend but music we got to play a new tune for you guys next hour as well but i want to go back to where you come from sure justin you said that uh, justin and brian by the way half of the band with us we're missing sean and chuck yes so those guys uh 
Maybe next time. Hopefully next time. Hopefully next time, right. You know, it's a Saturday sometimes, you know. It's tough to pry away from a a day off, you know what I mean? Yeah, So, but it's all good. No worries. Yeah, Sean's got his, uh, he's doing his anniversary with his girl up in Sedona. Yeah, exactly. Chuck's working, so. We'll figure it out. I'm definitely not worth breaking that stuff off. (laughs) No, no. But you can uh, always check out the show's past stuff. You know, you can always go to the iTunes that this is available on. Also, the voiceamerica.com global page has all the archives. And uh, all the bands we've had on, some comedians. It's been good times here, man. And next week we'll play a rerun. But uh, I'll be over at Loudwire. It's in uh, Grand Junction, Colorado. Three-day fest of uh, great music lined up. It's uh, Weezer on Friday night, and I'm looking forward to seeing them big time. Yeah, I love Weezer. And I do too. Lincoln Park is on Saturday night. So I haven't seen them yet with Chester, so this is my first time with that. And then uh, Sunday night is Rob Zombie. Nice. Yeah, so I I saw him with White Zombie. Nice, yeah. It was Pantera and White Zombie. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. In El Paso. And then right after that show, immediately after that show, I went down the street to a place called The Attic, which is a small little hole in the wall, to see Cannibal Corpse. Really? <laughs> Great. And not wow. just to see them, but to interview them. You know, because awesome. I, was, I was doing my metal radio show at the time. <laughs> So I got hooked up with tickets, and I was like, and I got hooked up with an interview with the band. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll make this happen. So I got Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, that was a big learning lesson <laughs> in my interviewing career at that time. What'd because, you learn? Well, I went to go talk to the band before they were setting up. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was like my first time kind of like doing that. You know, like I, I love music, and my roommate back in New Mexico, this is all in Las Cruces, New Mexico, mm-hmm. he was in a band for quite some time. So I always, you know, would hang out with him in the band and, and see shows and what have you. So I'd always been around the music and everything. Then finally got involved with the radio, but I never had really been interviewing bands before, you know, this is my first time really at that, at that spot. So I went on the stage. I'm like, Hey, who can I talk to you about, about an interview? And he's like, yo, you got to wait till after the stage, man. Like, you know, after, yeah, after, the, after the, after the set. And I'm like, Oh wow. It, just, it felt really bad. I felt crappy. You know? <laughs> and then I stepped off the stage and I twisted my ankle. Oh, no. <laughs> Instant uh, karma. That's man. rough. <laughs> I know. Suck. Life lessons. I know. So it was. It was bad. But, you know, they were cool. We got an interview after the show with them. So they were really cool guys. So yeah, Cannibal cool. Corpse Corp- is great. I love all that death metal stuff. Cor- corpse Grinder, yeah. George, I think it was, <laughs> yeah. the one I saw. Are they all Corpse Grinder? Was that the first? Because I know they've had a few lead singers. Um, yeah, I, I think that was uh, just he, the main guy. I think that was his his moniker. But, right? but that was just him, that, right? Because the singers before wasn't they weren't called Corpse Grinder. Uh, I don't know anything, right? <laughs> he would, he had the head, he had the longest hair that he would whip around in those violent circles that he would just twist <laughs> his head around. How do you do that, man? I don't know, man. Well, and they just put out like a twenty five year box set. Have did you they seen really? that? Yeah, no, it's I've like not a seen that. it's it's like a they did it on vinyl. I think it's a four. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, four. Uh, LP vinyl. They're a unique bunch, by the way. And I well, only... they they've also put out a song like almost every two years since they've been a band. You mean an album? Yeah, an album. Sorry, right. one <laughs> song. <laughs> one song. They have twelve songs. <laughs> twelve songs. Actually, you know what's funny is because uh, those songs are very uh, punk stylish in the, in the in the length of them, right? Very They're short. Very short, aren't they? Yep. I, I know I have some Cannibal Corpse on here. I gotta I gotta see if because there was one album I remember it was the cover it was a. Uh, Eaten back to life, and it was the the corpse on the table, right? It, the, like they're an operating or something like that, and there's this guts hanging all over. <laughs> it, it's that one with the I, guts on the cover. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all of them. What are you talking about? Let's see if I have. Uh, no, I can't. I don't have it on my new my new computer, or my new. I didn't. I don't know if I transferred all that stuff. 
I used to have it though. Trust me. <laughs> I was cool, man. I used to listen to that stuff, man. No, it was actually the, the it was called the Death Files, is what I called it. You know, so that I played three songs from like Cannibal Corpse or um, Obituary. Um, uh, give me another one. Um, Napalm Death. Napalm Death. You know, just anything that was just like death metal. You know, that's <laughs> what I, I got to play. It was a two-hour show called The Pit, or Into the Pit, it was called, and uh, it was fun. So I, I devoted three hours to that, and I had one fan from jail. <laughs> he, he wrote me, I love your show, man. I love your show every, every Sunday night. I'm like, awesome, know your man. audience, man. You should have broadcast from the prison <laughs> or something. <laughs> live, live broadcast from cell block D. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not going to happen. You know what did happen, though, last week? I don't know if you saw it, though. Jeffrey Ross, he went to the, uh, the, the uh, state pen in, in Texas and did stand-up there. I didn't really? see that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, he did stand-up. He's a talented guy. I did. It made was, him laugh, too, he, I guess. He right. roasted criminals. <laughs> <laughs> he roasted. It was one of the funniest shows I've seen in, in quite some time. <laughs> it was great. It yeah. He even had, like, the, like the, the, the Nazi dudes. Right. You know, he, he had, like, was ripping on them. I was like, dude. <laughs> I know, right? Apparently, he had bodyguards. Right? I, right? I'm saying, exactly. Uh, he, um, let's see. I, I don't know how much of it was off the cuff. He said he stayed there for a couple of days oh, okay. to kind of get some feeling oh, yeah. for the people and everything like that. So all the prisoners had to do good time for three months, I believe, to be able to be in this room to watch this, the show. Damn. And then he went and did the females. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you got to check it out. That's, that sounds good. <laughs> it's And he's raunchy. Yeah. It's like, wow, how can you get kind of raunchy? It's interesting because you think you're in jail. I mean, yeah, they've heard it all, but... Just, you wouldn't feel like you should go there. You right. feel like you should be a little bit more of the you know cleaner side of things, I guess, wouldn't you? I don't know. You'd think I they mean, uh, they probably appreciate it, you know, just as much as anyone that goes out to a comedy club. Right. You well, know? of course they would. I mean, yeah. I think the problem is they, in the prison yard, everyone's like looking for an excuse to shank you because like you you disrespecting me. <laughs> and so if you're up there just making fun of everybody, everyone right. thinks they're disrespected. You, right. I don't know if I'd want to be in that room. Well, yeah, because <laughs> if you laugh at when he makes fun of some other dude, right. I saw you laughing. I saw you laughing at this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Jeff Ross killed 10 inmates right. <laughs> without even being there. <laughs> the aftermath. The, the next aftermath, day. right? What happened? Is there a follow up? We're going to get to like, the slow motion stills of like, where are they now? It's on <laughs> one of those MSNBC and uh, those prison shows they were always doing on MSNBC. Yeah, Show right. the behind the scenes what happened after. Lock up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. on lock up. I don't see lock up anymore. Um, you know what I've been watching, though, and I, I know you're a big fan of, is Ancient Aliens. Oh, my favorite show. I didn't see it last night, but I recorded it. It's the new unexplained, or the new, um, the new version now. The, they, they've upped it up. They stepped it up a notch. Have it's they? It's called uh, Ultimate Proof. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't get it live because they took H2 off of my freaking DirecTV uh, oh, package. Right. Okay. And so everything I get now is like Netflix reruns. You know how sad it is, though? I just said how much I love the show, and I couldn't tell you the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> they upped the game, too. <laughs> they did. Ancient Alien, Ancient Aliens. Um, I, 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 for the life of me, it's, it's, getting, it's getting out of my head right now. I have no idea. It's, it's, but it's like undeniable proof or something like that. Right. You know, it's like, oh, now we got some really good stuff. What are they going to show us? Right. They, and, got the, and they bring the, out the good guns. And the first episode was the pyramid power. And they already did that. Yeah, that was an old one. That was an old one. But they had like new stuff that added to it. Okay. But it wasn't like, look, you already had me sold on the first one. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? The one you you the didn't need to go with this one. I mean, it was cool, but 
where they talk about the pumping of the water and the pumping of the water, and, and then yeah. they talk about the I guess in Turkey there was that big mass killing. They're thinking it was a radiation and even a, an atomic bomb from way back in from the way day. back in the day, yeah. and, and now they're thinking that a mountain, you know, a couple hundred miles away up in of South China, Erupted. actually erupted. And that was a, an atomic bomb, basically, that just eradicated the whole area. So yeah, those people had like radiation poisoning and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and Brian, what do you think about aliens? Um, you know, well, I've never seen that show. What? <laughs> oh my god, he's new, guys. He's new. Yeah, I'm the new guy. You got to give him a break. So, uh, so what do you think then? I mean, do you uh, do you follow that stuff, or does it bother you? Uh, not really. Uh, honestly, I think that. Uh, you know, it's interesting to think about, you know, that we're not alone in the universe. I mean, it's it's plausible. Um, you know, I think it's kind of uh, goes along with a lot of, um, you know, ideas where people try to distract themselves from what's going on in their in their their own lives, where they try to envision life on a different planet in a different way, where ultimately you're, we'll be. You're not you, down with that. Yeah. Um, no, not really. <laughs> you know, that's fighting words, you know that, right? <laughs> Being yeah. in this room right Being now. Being right. Yeah, that's, that's what we came here for, right? <laughs> I'll tell you this. When it, yeah. If you come to the show on Saturday, one of the brand new songs that we're debuting is called Dyatlov Pass. And do you know the story of Dyatlov Pass? What is that? Uh, no. they, they call it the Russian Roswell. So it was actually in the, in the 40s. It was a group of, of like 20-something uh, college students who were all like professional skiers and stuff. Um, and they were Russians, and they all had this idea to go as a group. There's like 12 of them, I think, or something like that. I don't remember the exact number. And they all went on this big hike to an area that you can't normally get to, like way up in the northern area of Russia, and to this area called Dyatlov Pass. Uh, or no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. That, that's, that's false. I can't remember what that place was called. The man's name was Dyatlov. The, okay. guy who, the guy who ran the group, his name was Dyatlov. They called it the Atlas Pass because of the incident. So mm. what ended up happening was they get to... Um, uh, to uh, the ski thing that's at the bottom of this mountain and nobody ever hears from them again, right? And so From all of them? From all of them. They, like weeks go by and they send out search parties and they go there and they find that they had set up their camp. They'd, they'd made it there. They'd set up their camp. Like uh, one of the uh, of the tents had been cut from the inside. Like somebody hadn't even bothered to open it. They took their knife and literally cut it open from the inside and then all of them, there was a group of them, like some of them were naked because they all had been like sleeping and their sleeping bags were running in the like negative 20 degree weather for the hills because they were in this open flat area and there was a, a line of trees. And so they found these people frozen. Some of them had their, their, their tongues cut out. One of them had extreme amounts of radiation poisoning and they were all laid out kind of on the way to the, to the woods like they were running from something. And then the people, the indigenous people there, said that they had seen lights over the mountain and things like that that night. And so they, it had become what they called the kind of like the Russian Roswell incident. And, uh, but it was way back in the, even before that, in the early, like, wow. I think, 1940, 1941, something like that. Wow. So we, I, anyway, I, named, I wrote a song about kind of world domination and takeover, this idea of like some uh, force coming in, taking over, and the, the feeling of, of helplessness towards it. And so I called it the Atlaw Pass, kind of how the people felt when they were trying to run away from something. Interesting. No, that's really cool. It's yeah. an interesting story, and it makes you think, you know? It makes you think of there two different races of aliens on our planet, one out to hurt and harm and one out to protect. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, what's, what is, you know, because like, that's like, if they're coming down here to hunt or just whatever they're doing, 
you know, and you don't know. I mean, because they obviously you're not doing it on a mass scale because they're they're afraid to, or because if they do, what do you? Th- I mean, like, what do you think the ramifications would be if they came out and all of a sudden we knew we had this enemy? Right. How do we defend against this? I mean, they would they could probably dominate us. Yeah. And they wouldn't show unless they knew they could dominate us. You know, right. that that that's the beauty of being them. If that were the truth. Right. 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 Exactly. If they know what we're doing. We don't know what they're doing. That's right. their advantage. That's their advantage. Exactly. Yeah. If we knew how to take them down, then they'd be like, <laughs> like, like the water and the movie right. signs, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to show up on a planet with 80% water and that's your crutch? That's what they call it. <laughs> Isn't that funny, right? <laughs> well, you know, just don't, don't get in the water. Don't I mean, get in the water. Just, just don't get in the water. Come on, Brian. We've convinced you yet? Um, <laughs> Come on, bro. I, well, yeah, I didn't know that that's what that song was about. I didn't you should have told you. me that before I joined the band. <laughs> <laughs> I keep everything a secret until I, they're in. You know, it's, it's it's it is weird. It's fascinating when you hear these stories. You know, there's a lot of I think the fire in the sky story was originated here in Arizona. Well, I, I um, uh, Travis Walton I actually grew up uh, in the town right next to mine. Oh, really? And I actually have his cell phone number in my in my phone right now. <laughs> no way! I'm not even kidding. We you. can call him. We could call him, but um, I wouldn't want to because he'd probably be like, who the hell are you? <laughs> um, but um, he, uh, what's great about it is I have a lot of. Um, people who've worked with him over the years, things like he used to try to work like SRP, the uh, the um, uh, power plant right, uh, right. out there where I grew up. And Chuck, our bassist, his dad has been working at SRP his whole life, knew Travis Walton when he worked there. Um, I had another friend I went to high school with who went to beauty school with his daughter. You know, and he's become so ingrained in the in the community that he, you know, it's funny. Is actually, I took my girlfriend for the first time up to Northern Arizona uh, a couple of months ago to show her where I grew up and going back home and all that. Right. Um, and we went through Snowflake, and I drove her over to Travis Walton's house. And in the back, he has this um, wooden structure built up in a tree where the people say he go climbs up there, and he's got like these little windows that poke out everywhere, almost like a, a tree house for uh-huh. it in his backyard, and he I guess he hangs out up there. I don't know, but it's really interesting to kind of look at. Wow. The dude has lost his rocker. Oh, really? Point. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's but, too bad, man. But, um, yeah, it, it, that's a that's kind of, those stories are what really got me into alien stuff. You know, being that young and having somebody like that in your community, in your right. town, and having a, a movie about it and watching it and seeing it, that, that's kind of what probably piqued my interest a lot in this. Yeah. Early age. There was a movie with Christopher Walken. Did you see that one, Communion? That was a crazy movie, too. Yes, the old one where all the kids or something, right? All the... Um, yeah, Christopher Walken he gets abducted. It's a, it's, a, it's a freaky movie, man. It's old school. Don't the kids, and like, glow in their eyes or something weird? I, I don't know if that's... I, don't, I can't remember that part. I all I remember know. is him, like, sitting there, and then the alien was right in his room, and then he's, like, up in the in the ship, and now he's back in his room. It's just a very bizarre... It wasn't. It wasn't a huge movie. This is one of those. I think you know. If you have time to check it out, I would. But For sure. you know, it's fun. There, there was that one that they had as the Close Encounter one. That's kind of a newer one. Do you see that one? The fourth kind. The fourth order. kind. Oh, that one terrified me. Me too, man. <laughs> I'm getting chills just now, man. That, like, we're both chilling. When like, an ancient cold. Sumerian voice <laughs> comes over. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was pretty crazy stuff, man. That's a good movie. I I um I dig it, man. I kind I like that stuff, Brian. I don't know, but to me, I I think the the possibilities are out there. I mean, unless we absolutely know for sure, why not? I think they just found a big, huge, three mile high pyramid on the planet uh, or the. 
what is it called? It's a, it's called Ceres. Ceres, yeah. But yeah. it's not a planet. It's a dwarf planet. I think it's a planetoid. Yeah. It's, okay. a, it's like one of the. It's in the the belt, right? In between it's, it's Mars between and Mars and Jupiter, Jupiter right? in that belt. Right. Um, so it's one of. It's almost like how Pluto is a, a member of the Kuiper belt of the outside belt. Right. It's one of those. It's like a bigger object that's not necessarily considered a planet. Right. It's close. It's yeah. small enough for that. Yeah. A pyramid, three miles high, and bright spots coming off of it. Shiny spots Shiny. coming off it. And they're like, it's, it could be reflection of ice. I'm like, ice doesn't glow like that. Come on now. From that far away. From that far away. It's right. bright. You know, something is emitting from that area. Yeah. I know, man. What if this planet starts moving closer to us? But isn't there that then one we'll planet? Th- that, what's that? I said, then we'll know. That this, <laughs> there was like, one theory is that there's this one big, huge planet that comes around and destroys and takes and just bounces us out of here. That's Death Star-ish right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of Death star What if this thing is Death Star-ish, man? It could be, <laughs> right? man. You never know. And it, right. could, it could also just be they've been there the whole moon. time just watching us. What if our know? moon is a Death Star? I mean, I, there's actually I, that that whole, like, uh, you've seen, if you watch Netflix, there's the show on there called uh, Aliens on the Moon. Aliens on the Moon? I am going to watch that, Oh, man. my goodness. <laughs> I'm totally going to watch that. It is so good. Uh, but He's one putting it in his queue right yeah. now. <laughs> just I'm, type I'm, that in. I'm typing Aliens what? Aliens on the Moon. Nice. And one of uh, one of the stories in there is they, they talk about um, oh no what ended up happening is as after I watched I started researching online about you know the the different structures and things like that that, that people are seeing and um, one of them was um, uh, man I lost my train of thought that's what happens when you get talking about aliens <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got so many there, things there, I could there, talk about um, well, there's oh the, the, sorry the, the, so the story is is this guy wanted to um, do a doctorate uh, a doctoral paper on on stories of the moon like ancient stories of the moon right and so he went to all kinds of different ancient cultures a- Asian cultures and African cultures and stuff like that and one of them was this African culture that said that they believe that the egg or that the moon is an egg that it's hollowed out from the inside and that um, their gods live in there, and that it had come to uh, to them in the ancient in the past, which caused tidal waves. And so their their belief system of you know how uh, like the, the flood uh, uh, of like Noah showed up is when the moon showed up because we know it affects oh, tidals. Is that caused the tidal wave to go up, and that and then everybody recognized it. And so they they think that it's uh, like an egg because it's hollowed out from the inside, which I thought was a crazy story, but. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff. That's, there, yeah. well, I mean, you know, look at Brian. He's going, hmm, maybe I should yeah. think about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian's that's exactly like, what I'm thinking. Brian's so saying I need to smoke a lot because, of marijuana <laughs> and enjoy this. Because we have no idea when the moon showed up, do we? No. I, I mean, so. honestly, we really don't. No. The moon doesn't change. It stays the same way. It doesn't rotate. It doesn't rotate. Well, it rotates just at the exact rotation of the Earth. So it rotates with us at all times. So we're always facing it. Well, oh, I see what you mean. But yeah. it doesn't spin. There's no axis on it, though. It spins. It just doesn't spin. It spins at the same rate that we do. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So, I mean, if we were to stop, that thing would keep turning, but um, but we don't stop. We're just in the same sync with so it? So we're in a sequence with it. Is, yeah. that, is that odd for planets to be in sync with their, pl- with, the, with their other satellites? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I really don't. That's interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that yeah. right now because I had never heard that before. Yeah. The that's theory the, of, the, of the reason of the floods and, and, you know, the the polar shift and everything like that. Yeah. Maybe that was part of it too. That'd be, uh, yeah, it, it's cool, man. It's, so it, does that mean like the next one, the moon's going to just take off on us? It, yeah, that would, that would cause hell. <laughs> Where did the moon go, man? <laughs> just wake. It's so dark outside at night, man. 
<laughs> yeah, romanticism is way down since the moon's been gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no more moon. No more howling at the moon. Aliens on the moon. Hell yeah, man. You should check it out, though. If you have Netflix, it's, it's oh, I do have there. Netflix, yeah. man. I, I do, yeah. I, I saw a couple of good movies last week on Netflix. I saw Bernie on Netflix. You see that one? Jack Black? Uh-uh. That's a good one. Yeah, it is a good I one, like right? That one. It's a good, it's a great movie, man. It's a true story. Oh, Bernie? Is yeah. it the, uh, where he's the the mortician? Mortician. mortician. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 that was nuts. That <laughs> was, was a great movie. It was a weird role for him. You know, you know, it was, it was, but it wasn't. Like he fit, he fit it well. Yeah, he could play it well, but I, I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I I thought it was perfect for him. It was kind of. Uh, you know, understated, kind of feminine, you know, but, right. also, but also psychotic. I think yeah, it was a yeah. great role for him. Um, speaking of aliens, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> speaking of um, I love that stuff, and I want to continue the conversation. And if you are out there listening in right now, you can always find me on, on my site. I'm on Facebook. Just look uh, up uh, Going Global with Gas. There's a page there, Going Global with Gas Man, I should say. Uh, my driving with gas page, you can check that out as well, or you can go just email me with gas. So just you know, it's real simple to find. Google my name, two S's, gas man, and uh, whatever you want to go from there, you can do that. You want to email me, them. contact me. Um, I'm trying to get back on the uh, FM dial here in Phoenix Radio, and I have a page uh, my friends put up. It's called uh, Get Gas Back. So you. the people are are posting on that, and I'm. I'm getting them to post on another station here in town. Say, like, yo, get get my ass on there. Heck yeah, man. I posted. Because <laughs> I'm trying to get in, man. I was like, geez, man, it's tough. It's like I know you struggle as a band, man. It's, yeah. it's the same It's the same struggle. You know, you, you, you need to get noticed. You need to be heard. You know, and I'm, well, we'll get to that conversation with you guys. Burn, burn this for a friend. Absolutely. For uh, Brian and Justin hanging out with us here, my name is Kevin Gassman, and you're going global with Gassman. Here on the voiceamerica.com variety channel, and every Saturday we do this live, one to three, like I said, next Saturday will be a rerun. Uh, I don't know if I should just tell you that, should I? Oh, that's screwed. I was too late. It's too late. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to hear it. Tune so. in, you'll hear it again. Right. I'm going to probably play an old favorite for next week. There you go. Or just rerun this one. Hey. hey. How about Exposure. that one? Exposure. And then I'll be every, and then I'll be <laughs> perpetually going to the next, next play, whatever. All right. I think it's time for a break. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play another song. What do you want to play from you guys? Um... I don't know. Let's do. Uh... I have uh, okay. I, I love you. Suck my battleship. I just love the title. It's great. That's a good one. We can do. You suck my battleship. Uh, Return to Neverland Ranch. That one. Let's do Return to Neverland that's Ranch. A feel good song. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. I think that's a good way to take a break. We'll hit the top of the hour. We'll come back and we'll talk drugs. All right. We'll play the drug code with them, and we'll also play porno music or not. A little bit later Dig on. It. So that's all coming up next hour. We can't, we can't, you know, blow our load too soon here on yeah, the show. We so got to we'll, pace ourselves. We got to pace ourselves. We'll be back.
still skeptical, Mr. Conrad. Watch this. Barry. What is he doing? He's making me do something. What is he making me do? You're not doing anything, Barry. That's right, Barry. You're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm paralyzed. Oh, God. God can't hear you, Barry. Tim. Tim can't hear you, Barry. No, actually, I can hear him. Oh, oh, my body's a prison. Oh, this is so painful. I can't move, too. Tim, help me. Help me, Tim. All right, you know what, Barry? Just move. You can do it. Just move. I release you. Oh, oh. Oh. Wow. Okay, I will never take movement for granted ever again.
I dig that tune, man. That is good. <laughs> was, when I first heard that, I was from a band called Six Sided Halo from here in Phoenix, and I don't think they're together anymore, to be honest with you, but they put this beauty out, man. That is a shame. Our guitarist, who's sitting in a resort in Sedona, just called in during that break to ask <laughs> who the heck that band was. He liked it so much. Well, thank you for listening, Sean. I <laughs> right. appreciate it. I uh, really do. Uh, yeah, that's a... What a, what a way to cover Dolores, huh? Yeah, man. Jeez, I, I didn't man. think you could, but that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a pretty heavy mix there right there. It's 2, uh, two o'clock here, 2.03 to be exact. Uh, okay, 2.04, I lied. Um, we're hanging out <laughs> with you. Uh, Burn this for a friend. Hanging out with you guys on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. Going global with Gas Man is the show. Every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. online. You can find us on uh, iTunes. All the shows we've had in the past are, are archived there. They're also on the Voice America page for Going Global with Gas Man. So you can see all or hear all my stuff that I've done uh, starting from January of last year to where we are right now in June. That's yeah, so a big archive. I took a break last summer. I took a, I took a trip to Montreal. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I took a little drive cross country. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, so there's a month missing of, of, that of, of shows. You did get to interview a lot of like other bands along the way though on that trip, didn't you? A couple, yeah. a couple, yeah. There was a uh, flood of souls from Denver. They were uh, they they put me up for the night on Saturday. Oh, that's cool. And I left Sunday, and I got to Buffalo a couple days later. I think Wednesday I got to Buffalo, and ended up hanging out with a, a open mic night. And so I actually did some comedy over there, oh, that's which, cool. which was a lot of fun. And I got to see some people play some music. So it's, it's, it's cool to see, like, the music scene in all the cities I go to. That's my phone. Hang on one second. No worries. You can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the funny thing, too, though. When I, um, uh, when I lived in, in Florida a couple of years ago. It was charging over there, by the way. So I totally <laughs> forgot about it. I did it like, two hours ago. So <laughs> no worries at all. I'm more professional than that. <laughs> <laughs> when I lived in Florida, uh, one of the things I wanted to do when I first got there was to see if I could start a, a local band. And you know, just like my band here, I like my own music. I, I'm not a cover band kind of guy. And in Florida, the, the local scene is hip-hop, rap, or you know, you're a cover rock band, and that's your only options there. And so I quickly found that that scene was dead. And actually, one of our good friends uh, that you know as well, uh, Johnny, is from uh, Johnny Lee. Yeah, uh, is love from Johnny. There. Um, he's from right where I was living. Um, he actually told me Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah, the right north, just north of Fort Lauderdale. Because right. I, I was up where uh, like Lake Worth, and uh, and so every, every time me and Johnny get together, we get to talk about back home. A little bit. <laughs> but the, one of the sa- reasons right. he said he left was the lack of a music scene. There, yeah, you know? yeah. So here we here we are in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a lack of a music scene. Not here. No. There's definitely not. Um, I don't. I don't think we were oversaturated with it. However. I think we're almost, I mean, because I think, you know, with the venues and the shows that are going on and, and what I've seen, you know, for the past 10 years has been has been a thriving scene here in Phoenix and it's been growing big time. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing I don't see is a lot of people going to different shows. I see people going to the same shows, unfortunately. Sure. So that's where I think a thriving scene needs to be is where you go out to see your favorite band mm-hmm. and then you stay and also, maybe another night you go see someone random. Yeah. You know, why not? I mean, do you like music? Do you like going, I mean, like if you like music, you would go check out any band. You'd just go out to a bar and say, hey, they got live music. Let's go check it out and see who it is. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Or places like Southern California, you have a music spot. You just go there every Saturday, and whatever band's playing, you're listening to it. Right, you know, right. That kind of thing. The, the unfortunate part about that, though, is that's pay to play. That is true. Which is unfortunate, but it can be good. So there's, there's, there's the goods and bads. There's the pros and cons of it. You know, somebody did an article I read that they could they bought a, a slot on the whiskey and they weren't really a band. 
and they're just kind of like BS'd in the article or in the uh, in the in the pitch. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, as long as you pay the check, whatever like that, you know, and and sure they brought you know I think they had a couple of people whatever and. They did a show with a band with no experience, basically, did a show at the Whiskey. So my, my thing for a place Jeez. like the Whiskey and paying to play in a place like on Sunset Boulevard is all about the music. It's all about the content. It's all about what you're putting on stage. What are you producing? You can only be a name for so long. If you start putting out shit, True. people are going to know. But the unfortunate is that it's so popular that it doesn't matter in a right. sense because you're getting, you know, Bjorn and and Sven and, you know, and and Abba <laughs> coming coming in just to hang out at the whiskey and see a band at the whiskey. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean it's that's it's something that that's it's iconic. It's iconic, yeah. you know, and it's it's neat and it's cool. But if you need to you know, but what they need to do is just get back down to talent, you know, get back down to getting bands what they really should do is get some big name bands to come back and play. For sure. If, yeah. if they can get some big name bands to come back, like you know, like a Motley Crue does, like a one off, right. even though they retired, if they, they if they can do like a private like not you know like a secret show, that's like stuff like the Roxy does that kind of stuff all the time. Like that, I'm saying you get the local bands uh, uh, that are huge and get them to do a hometown show. Right, you know, exactly. Kind of that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what you I mean, do. you got to bring it back. Yeah, you know, because now it's just, it seems like that, that mentality kind of spreads out to Phoenix a little bit with the venues and the. You're like, oh, you got to pay to play, or at least you got to like, you got to buy X amount of tickets and sell them, and so whatever you sell, you keep, or whatever mm-hmm. deals the bands work out with. It's not like, hey, we'll just pay you this, and we'll rely on our promotion to bring in people to come see you, right? Which is the way it should have been. That's yeah. the way it should be. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just the, the music scene. I, I just feel like it, it needs to be revamped a little bit. It does for sure. I'll tell you this, man. Being uh, we're at a, uh, at a point now where we have a decent enough following that we can bank on a certain number of people to show up to almost any local show, and that gives us the flexibility to know that even if we have to pay the venue a hundred bucks, that we're going to make money on the night. Right. But when we first started out, you know, when we first met Miles to Nowhere, um, we were playing at. Uh, at the Big Fish Pub off of the back of Afton Promotion, who literally gave us, we, we sold like 75 tickets and got a check back from them for like $42, you know? And, and that was all the money we made for everything. But the ability to play there, right. we were able to meet, met Kristen, who was doing the sound, who then said, you guys are good enough to play for my band at our next show. And then all of a sudden we got out of that and right. we, were, we were able to start making money. Nice. But you get stuck when you're, when you're an opening early band to relying on these shitty promotion companies uh, to get you any exposure. Otherwise, right. you call up a venue. They don't know who you are. You're not playing. Right. And it's a it's a it's a vicious cycle. You're gonna sell like, 500 uh, tickets and your time slots 4 p.m. 4 p.m. <laughs> yeah, and at their 50 dollar tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Right. And it's a thousand degrees outside. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, it's you know I wish there was an easy solution. Like, maybe there is, and no one's doing it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just one of those things. All right, we're talking burn this for a friend. And uh, we're actually going to play some new new music for you, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, so, for sure. We just recorded some a few months ago. Yeah, we've been jamming a few of the, the current music that you have. So as far as the new stuff, let's talk about that. I mean, what are we, uh, where are we getting into as far as like styles? I know because we I, I heard a little bit. You yeah, know, it's a little sample. I was like, all right, cool. This, this a sounds different. a little different. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it, man. Um, well, I'll tell you, we. Uh, originally, um, Sean and I have always been the, the original members. Uh, we had um, a couple of different members uh, from the beginning, but when we first started, the group that we had was very much more into the 
indie pop punk style of stuff, which is what you hear a lot of our music was back then. Right. Um, a, a little more in the realm of a Blink-182, Green Day, kind of poppy kind of thing. But Sean has always been like a metal guitarist, and he's always liked to riff and have, you know, and that kind of thing. And the older I got and the, the more, the further away from puberty that I got, the, the longer I was able to do things like yell and use my voice a little more okay. aggressively and things like that. Right. And it worked out perfectly with the song that you're, uh, you're going to play with Hooked because what ended up happening was right as we were finding new members and we were trying to find a new sound and we want, I wanted to incorporate Sean's guitar playing and I wanted to incorporate the new use of my vocals and I wanted to create something that was a little different but was still kind of in Burns for a Friend realm. And what happened at the time was um, I was moving from Florida back to Arizona and I was getting off of my, I, for those who don't know, I'm in a, I'm in a wheelchair. I was in a car accident, um, uh, what, 12 years ago uh, on my way to high school that paralyzed me from the waist down. Um, and so I have this big back brace in my back and I'm always in the chair and my back hurts constantly. And so for 12 years, I popped pills. I popped Oxycontin, Vicodin, Percocets, the whole kind of thing. And uh, coming back to Arizona and with the medical marijuana laws, um, I decided to take a step in that direction and try to get off of all of the pills. And Sean had written that riff, which you're about to hear at the beginning. And, um, and I was like, hey, man, what do you, what do you th- it's pretty aggressive. What do you think I should write about? And we kind of threw some ideas back and forth. And then how I was feeling that night was I was feeling like I was jonesing. You know, I was feeling like I needed something. It wasn't even the pain anymore. It was just this feeling my hands were shaking while I was talking to Sean, just trying to get my mind off of what I was feeling. And I realized this is what I need to talk about. I need to talk about what I'm feeling in the right. inside. And so I talked about my addiction to pills and getting off of it. And, and when I finally got to Arizona and was able to, to get into the program and, and uh, change that, I haven't taken a pill since February of last year. Right well. on, man. So it, but that song, you're going to hear it, you're going to feel it. So that's a little more of the style that we're doing now. It's a little more aggressive than what we did before. Um, but you should still be able to obviously hear what I'm saying and sing along. It's not too <laughs> Right on. So. I'm excited. So let's break this. This is like a world premiere now. Yes, it is. First time. Excellent. First time. All right. We'll jam this and we'll come right back after this. All right. And then we'll talk drugs. All right. All right, man. Hang on. <laughs>
give him his meds, man. <laughs> I dig it, dude. I dig it a lot. Thank you. Very nice sound. Thanks. And yes, yeah, so defi- definitely uh, a different sound from what you had before. And it just, it, I, li- I like it, man. I mean, because for me, it's like I said right when I first heard this, even the sample, I was like, yeah, a little bit of that maiden hook, a yeah. little bit, of that little kind of like old school, which just I grabbed him right right away. Grabbed oh, yeah. him too. I, I dig it a lot, man. I'm glad, thanks. Good stuff, man. And uh, I, I, you know, the message as well. Like right. you said, you can still hear you singing what you're talking about. Right. You know, that's what I try to. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's what you really want. I mean, you, I mean, if okay, let's say we got a car launch, pick the CD, you put the lyrics in. Sure. You like you know, put the lyrics in? Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a lyric guy. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So you would put them in. You make the the you know seven ten page sleeve yeah. inside the, well, book, I, the it, booklet. It, a it, obviously given the chance. I would. Or actually, what you can do, which I think would be a good thing, would be to have a page uh, on your site of lyrics. Yeah, absolutely. You know that way you got you can generate traffic towards your page. You know, one cool thing that I I'm pretty sure that um, the Reverb Nation one does it. It has a, a link there when you upload your song is to put your lyrics in. Okay. So anybody who wants to listen to it, if they want, I think there's a pop-up where you can hit it and you right. can read along or something. Well, well, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, probably not real quick. Probably take this up to uh, Drug Code. Let's do it. Um, burn this for a friend is hanging out with us here. Going Global with Gas Man is the show. My name is Kevin Gasman. Yes, that's my real name. <laughs> um, but you can call me Gas. It's all good. And... We got to talk about the story. This is the hugest story of, of, uh, of you know, since Caitlyn Jenner, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, no, the shooting in South Carolina. You know, yeah. this kid that just went in there and just blasted away people for no reason except for starting a race war. Yeah. Um, with with the exception of everybody on the right wing saying we don't know what it was or what his reason was, it's like well, how can you even say that in the first place? You see, presidential candidate Rick Perry said it called it an accident. An accident. He said an accident. What an idiot. <laughs> I know, right? It's like. What's the harm of saying, yes, it is a race yeah. war? I don't understand. It's, it's what He said it. Yeah. The guy's a white supremacist. Apparently, I read this little story about his friend who said he was the coolest dude until about a year and a half ago. We hadn't seen him. So it was probably the last year and a half that he had been more influenced by this feeling right. of whatever he was going through, whoever his friends were, or whoever he was hanging out with. And you, know, you think about your mentality at that age. You know, you're in the teens and stuff like that. And it's like... You know, and you got nobody to mentor you, you know, nobody to guide you through. And, you, and here you got, you know, maybe these racists and, hey, kid, come over here. Yep. You know, Influence. next thing you know. But they also said that he might be on drugs, too. Who knows? You know, Who and, knows? you know, that's the thing is, like, was he on prescription drugs? Yeah. So the case isn't really the, the gun control. And I think bringing up the gun control argument in this is ridiculous. It's mental control. That's <laughs> what it is. It's. I don't say mental control in that in that aspect, but I mean in a sense that like it's the mentally ill. Yeah, the the issue the issue in this case is is the mentally ill. Because owning a gun, there's no problem with owning a gun. People who I know who own guns legitimately, there's no problem. I have no problem. I don't. That's fine. I don't care about your guns. I don't care about your Bibles. You know, just, <laughs> just don't point either one at me. Sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. But but uh, <laughs> I'm saying is like people who own guns are fine. I don't care. It's the, it's the gang members that have guns. It's, it's the illegal aliens that have guns. It's the wrong people that have guns that I have a problem with. So how do you curtail that? I mean, you're, are you never... It's, it's the white kids on drugs who have guns, you know? You put them in the mix. They're just as a, a menace. They're more of a menace because they're... White people are... We have white privilege. <laughs> you know, this kid... No one's expecting anything from a kid like this. He walks in, you know, boom. He's gonna and like wow. You wouldn't expect that. It's surprising because the stereotype isn't out yet on skinny white kids 
on pr- on on drugs. But they're the ones doing all the mass killings, and they're the ones doing the mass killings. I mean, that's I mean, that's that's it. Though, if you look at the last mass killings, they they're all on drugs, and they're all skinny white kids. <laughs> yeah, and they all they all grew up in the suburbs. You know? Yeah, just... right, and... right. So what's the deal? It's not <laughs> racist, really. What? So if he had to go to like a a, a waffles, you know, a, a chicken and waffles place to shoot up people, that makes it racist for them. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like I don't get it. What what makes it racist? What has to be racist for them? Not in church because that's that's a religious thing now. Now it's anti-religious. except for the guy said that it's not race. I was trying to anger the blacks to start a race war. Is what the right. guy himself said. Right, and he had and he had a white pride, sh- you know, shit on him or something like that, or you know, some kind of a uh, a groups he was uh, belonged with and everything. Yeah. I mean, to, to to ignore that, it's it's. I'm glad they are ignoring it because it just shows everyone the ignorance and the stupidity. That this half of our country, or at least half of our Congress and Senate, believe. Yeah. You know, they're supposed to represent everybody. And I'm disappointed in the states of people who have those guys representing them. And we're one of them here in Arizona. We're, yeah. we're, we're stuck with Doug Ducey. And, you know, we, we have, uh, I mean, Sheriff Joe John McCain gets in the news, not for some great, not for great things. Nah. Hey, and, you know, living in Arizona, too, it's like the Wild West here. The, <laughs> a couple of months ago, I went to uh, to Starbucks to work because they have the free Wi-Fi, and I'm sitting there on my laptop. Oh, you don't work at Starbucks? I, I wish. <laughs> um, <laughs> get free coffee. But when I was sitting there, I was right next to the register, and this, you know, I'm not thinking anything. I'm just working, and this guy comes up, and he's wearing like a trench coat and white kid. And he stands up, and he goes to pay for his latte or whatever, and he throws the cape of his trench coat behind him and he's got two pistols just stuffed in the back of his pants just like he's about ready to rob the place and I think he's going for a gun and I freak out for a second and he just reaches for his wallet but of course in Arizona we don't have concealed care you can do whatever you want and tuck them near your underwear if you want to and I'm like, why? Why do I have to have that fear that right. once that I'm, the guy's just buying? And be blatant, blatant about it too. Yeah, like, look, like, I got a gun. I got everyone, <laughs> I got a gun. Everyone. <laughs> Like, Everyone, stop it. <laughs> I know, right? Stop it. So that's so that's when someone else in the other on the other side of the room grabs his gun, right. to see what this guy's going to do. And there was a there was that's a, the whole purpose of everyone should be owning guns. There there was <laughs> right? a well, there was a really great um, uh, story that happened when uh, Congressman Gabrielle Giffords was shot uh, in Tucson. One of the guys that was at the event was uh, you know a card carrying member of the NRA and was always strapped like he always felt his his duty was. And he said that everything went down so fast, and he didn't see the initial thing happen. He was turned, he was talking to somebody. He heard the gunshots, he turns around, he sees a struggle, and he reaches for his gun, and the next thing he sees is he sees another man holding a gun up in the air, and he points his gun at him, and he was about to shoot him. When something stopped him, he froze, and he didn't shoot. And eventually he realized that that was the guy who had wrestled the gun away from the actual shooter. Oh, wow. And he was holding the gun up in the air to keep it away from him. Right. And he almost shot that the guy. hero. Right. And he goes, at that point, he gave a little uh, interview, I think it was to CNN, where he goes, he goes, you know, I, I still believe in your right to own a gun and carry and all that. He goes, I was never in a situation like that. He goes, I almost made the biggest mistake of my life. Wow. He goes, people need to be educated before. But he didn't, so he, he didn't pull the trigger. He didn't, but because he froze. And he said it be, he thought that all of his training wouldn't have caused him to freeze and would have caused him to kill the right the wrong man. Wow. Because so. he didn't really see the full situation. No, he right? didn't. He heard it, turned around, right. saw a guy with a gun, goes, I'm going to take care of this. Right. And then he couldn't shoot when it came wow. down to it. Almost killed the hero. Hmm. That would have been, you mentioned that story. Yeah. 
then, then, then you got to look at gun control, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, in a sense of like, all right, now everyone's just shooting anybody just because like, they heard a gun. Right. That's ridiculous. That that would be, I mean, ludicrous. Yeah. And the pe- people say that if, if everyone had a gun in that theater in Colorado, the no people would have done. I said the dude walked into the center of a theater. If everyone starts shooting, right. everyone's getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't. I mean, there, there's. I I do believe in a right to to own a gun, but I also do believe in and that we need to regulate it just a little bit more. And health, mental health is at the top of that list. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I don't understand why people who own guns want a crazy guy to have have a gun. Right. It's his right. It's his right. It's his right. He's a crazy motherfucker. He (laughs) should give him a gun. I'm like, why? He doesn't need a gun. I mean, last thing that guy needs is a gun. Right. Last thing. But (laughs) but also, I mean, you can't regulate stupid. Right. And, and and you can't regulate, you know, leaving a gun open in, in, in a house where there's someone who is mentally ill, who grabs a, 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 a gun and pow, pow, pow. Mm-hmm. See you later. It's easy. End of story. Well, now we got to, you know, it's too late now to do anything about it. I mean, how do you do that? You can't. I mean, you have to either really lock the guns away and make and not even know, tell the kids where they are and just be very, that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's, it's really, isn't it parenting? Oh, a lot of it's I mean, isn't so. it? I mean, in a it sense really of is. when you're teaching your child about a gun at a young age, you know, you teach them right. And if you're going to be handling a gun at a young age, make sure they absolutely know it's right. I know there's a lot of Americans who've had a gun in their hands very young age. Yeah. Very well, young age. I, I'll give you another quick story, too. When my my mother is um, anti-gun mainly because she her only sibling uh, was a police officer. Um, and in 1979, it was, he was um, killed in the line of duty. Um, he was shot in the side, uh, and it went up into his liver and killed him. And he was only 24, 25 years old. Mm. And so from then on, she was just, you know, no guns in the house, right. none of that kind of thing. So I grew up in a kind of gun-free zone. Yeah, me too. But I also grew up in northern Arizona where everyone goes hunting and stuff like that. And I remember once I went over to my friend's house, and his dad had four rifles on a rifle rack above his... his uh, um, um, couch and he went up there and he pulled one of these guns off to show me and I'm like no dude keep that away from me Keep and I don't know anything about guns I'm scared shitless of guns keep it away from me and he went to show me and he shot a hole into his floorboard and then his dad came running in the house and like I had to witness right. his dad beat his, beat his <laughs> ass pretty hard but but it scared me and it wasn't right. and it, I would have lost a foot or you whatever yeah. but it really wasn't up to my mother to teach me you know uh, how to be safe with a gun because she's just as scared as I am with right. these guns and, and everything well, the else. The thing is, you're, okay, you're, you're with a friend, right. you know, and you're like, it's peer pressure. What are you going to say? No, thank you. I'm, I'm, That's I'm exactly good. what I said, but he still did it anyway. <laughs> he still did it anyway. <laughs> He's still scared. Well, my friend he told me, he said, look, I, I got this new gun. You want to check it out? I'm like, no, I'm cool. Right, yeah, keep like, it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. Man. I, I mean, the less, look, the thing is, is people, I mean, what's the saying is people, wait, how's the saying? Guns don't kill people. People, people kill, kill people. people. But guns make it easier. But guns make it a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> right. But one thing I would be in favor for is because of, of a person like me and the situation I was in. I'm not saying round up all the guns and take them away. No, I'm either. saying I should have been in a situation where my community who allows that scenario also teaches me about guns. Right. And so in school, in class, if I'm going to be going to my friends' houses and surrounded by hunters, I should have a gun safety course at 11, 12 years old. Just, hey, if you come around one of these things... Don't touch it or make sure this is on or whatever. I didn't know any of that stuff. Right. You know? And I think that it really, it should be up to our community and our government and everybody else to teach that. If we we're going to We need sound common sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all we need. Yeah. I think we're, we're, 
dumb is winning right now, all right? Yeah. It really is. It's been winning hard for it's, about 20 years. It's been winning hard for for quite some time. Yeah. Yes, it has. And I, I think we need to uh, let, let dumb have it, you know, it's 15 minutes is over. You <laughs> right. Know? Right. Dumb, you are done. <laughs> so let's start getting a little more rational in, uh, about our, our policies on how we treat people. Um, you know, this is a planet we live on, and we're all equal rights to this planet. Yeah. I mean, end of story. And, uh, you know, it's just a weird concept of how we've created our society. Um, yeah. Man, what's in this stuff, man? What about you, man? What do you think? I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, Brian, what's up, man? I, I kind of had the opposite uh, experience growing up as, you know, I, you know, had, uh, you know, my family and my friend's family, you know, were gun collectors. And, you know, at an early age, I was taught how to, you know, make sure the safety's on, check and see if it's loaded, how to unload a gun. And I mean, we did a lot of shooting growing up, you know, we would go out to a, our, um, a friend's gravel pit, you know, and do target shooting. So, you know, I, I, uh, I think education is the answer is, you know, being able, being knowing how to handle it so that you don't shoot a hole in your floorboard, yeah. but also, you know, you're, well, you're pick it up as in a, in a, in a, in any way. It's just, you know, yeah, what I mean? ex- you know, is, uh, you know, I think your uh, friend's dad. He missed out on a way to say, hey, when I'm not here, don't touch this. So. Well, I, I learned that once yeah. I saw my friend get his, his ass beat pretty hard. I yeah, know. I mean, it's, it, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I like guns. I'm a gun enthusiast. I, you know, I own a gun, you know, but it's always in the back of my head. I pray that I never have to use it, especially in my own home around my family. I think that right. would be the most traumatizing thing that you could um, experience as a, but, as a homeowner. Absolutely. Or a, but what, but you know, accidents with guns don't happen if there's no guns in the house. That's the, the only thing is like, well, there was a gun in the house. It, it's almost like I, I hate to say the no sympathy card, but you know, if you have the dangerous element available, and something does happen, then you know, hey, it, it was it was the you, you're just adding more potential dangers to living in a house besides dishwashing pods, <laughs> and, you know, that kill kids as well. By mm-hmm. the way, marijuana more safer than dishwasher pods. Dishwasher pods more, <laughs> um, more safe, more safer. I said more safer. Uh, I'm allowed to do vocabulary you wrong show, things on the radio. Exactly. It's one thing I knew about radio. You'll edit it out <laughs> later, right? I'll edit it. I don't really care, man. <laughs> I, I, you can create your own words. <laughs> you can create your own verbiage. I don't really care. And no one's grading this show. But I'll tell yes. you what, one way to do it, though, because my, my brother-in-law, um, uh, my sister's husband, does this really well. He's a gun enthusiast and a gun collector, and he has a gun safe in his, uh, in his closet. He's got four kids at home and a wife, and not one of them knows the combination to it. Yeah, they shouldn't. Only he does. Right. And I've seen him clean his guns and stuff, and he does that when I'm, I'm it's 2 in the morning and I'm watching TV, and he'll pull out his guns, everyone's asleep, and he'll clean it at the table when no one's around. Right. And, it's out, and he, the kids know about guns. They're not scared of them. But he it's just, all them right. I mean, that's, that's how you got to do it. Though. Yeah, that's how you got to do it. But again, if it's for safety, then, you know... But do you, do you want your eight-year-old to have the ability to grab the gun to protect himself? I know, himself? So that's the no. rub. That's the rub. I mean, the thing is, is like, wait, I hear something. You know, yeah. I got to get, I'm not gonna, get down I'm not gonna, get the safe open. You know, I mean, how fast can you do that? Is is it feasible? Will you be in that room when someone does come into the room? You know what I mean? It's like, or what, how about they break in, in your bedroom? And, and then you're screwed, you know? Well, at that point, you just got to sleep with a gun on your hip, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess, what do you do? Booby what do you the house. do? I mean, but that's the fear we all have. I mean, everyone has the fear of someone's going to break in, someone's going to kill you, and you know what? It's not going to happen, all right? I mean, look, it's going to happen to some people, 
Just not you. More, more <laughs> of a chance you know. your kids are going to break into your medicine cabinet and OD on your medicine. That's Most likely. More, that's, that's more likely going to happen. I think you would have to more pay, pay more, more attention to that. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, you know, it is a fear thing is, you know, people say, you know, well, I, I want to be there and ready if someone ever breaks in. And, you know, you're really just, you know, letting your thought process be dominated by fear. And that's not right. Anyway. Right, right. You're running your life by fear. You're, you're, that, and that's what they talk about, giving up a sense of a little bit of your liberty for a sense of uh, protection. How does that saying go? Um, I think Benjamin Franklin said it. But uh, yeah, man, if you give up all of your protection for a little security, if that's what it is, if you give, yeah. give up your liberties for more security, then you, you deserve neither. And and he's right. And the thing is, when you're living by fear, you're 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 driven to not do anything because you got to be. You know, I got to stay. You're feared by your credit card companies. You're feared by your credit score. You know, you're feared by you know your mortgage payment. You're feared by your car payment. You're feared by rent. You're feared by everything. Not including having Fox News on the loop. Just right. I mean, the every, world's ending. Top <laughs> right. Everything's just piling on, <laughs> piling on. It's like Calgon, take me away, man. Some people uh, think that. To puff the magic dragon means they're really to smoke uh, smoke a marijuana cigarette. Where'd you learn that, Cheech? Drug school. The history of marijuana. Marijuana, the the one drug that never killed anybody. Are you on drugs or is this your naturally moronic self? Marijuana has become a part of the popular consumer culture of the United States. You got any narcotics or marijuana in here? <laughs> Uh, not anymore. We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. Get out of here! Is marijuana really where it's at? Is it really as righteous as you think? You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Where can I get some marijuana? I get addicted to it or something? It's not habit for me. I'm so wasted! I don't want to overdose on it. You can't OD on it. The snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> it's not gonna make me want to have sex, is it? It makes sex, sex even better. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. I mean, a Maui, Wowie, a Panama Red, Acapulco Gold. It's all marijuana. It sounds kind of expensive. It's the cheapest drug there is. The amazing stuff about this is take it home and just get stoned at a bejesus hmm. belt. You don't want it I think I kind of want it. Okay, but just this once. Come on in. <laughs> Greatest movie ever. I love Walk Hard. <laughs> Dewey Clocks. I love Walk Hard. Yeah, that's a great movie, man. <laughs> you know, I always play, I play that and I, I, just to demonstrate the, the cultural accept, acceptance of marijuana, you right. know, and yet it's all demonized at the same time, you know. It's a shame. It's a shame, shame, shame. <laughs> we have an attorney general in Yavapai County, Sheila Polk, who we're trying to recall her. She is head of Matt Force, which is putting up billboards around Phoenix saying how harmful marijuana is. Basically, there's like a picture of a kid holding, like a baby, holding a cookie. You know, does your, you know, what if, the, does this baby know there's marijuana, you know, oh, or, or something like that? <laughs> or like, what if this baby, whatever. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, the baby's just mowing through your edibles. <laughs> I know. Like, well, first of all, that's bad parenting. Yeah, it's awful parenting. <laughs> right, exactly. What are you giving a cookie? <laughs> By the way, the cookie is about as big as the baby's head. So right. it's like, what do you, how does a, you know. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's bad parenting, man. I mean, all these stupid rules we all have to live by is because parents can't handle their own kids. And it's the same argument that, that if a kid can get their hands on a gun, then why don't we just take all the guns away, right? 
If a kid can get his hands on a medical marijuana cookie, then take all the medical marijuana cookies away. Interesting. It's the same kind of. It's the same thing. They're just looking at it in two different ways. Well, because it, it's got to fit their ideology. You exactly. know, it's got to fit the way they want it, the way the way they want it to be. Yeah. Well, it's it's easier, you know, from a political standpoint to correct the availability of a substance or a weapon rather than to correct, you know, the way that you should parent your children and the way right. that. You know, Americans see their right to have children and <laughs> raise them any way that you want. It's a it's a lot easier to find. Uh, you know, just a you know, you can almost call it a scapegoat. Any right. issue is going to be treated exactly the same as it. You're just going to find something else. Yeah, and and right. you know, and it alleviates a parent's responsibility to create another decent human being. <laughs> mm, that's a good point. I, I like that. I like that. Um, they had Harry Anslinger from the 30s, 1930s. You know, I will start in the kind of the the demonizing of, of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from, you know, Mexicans will rape your white women and, you know, it makes black people want to be white people. And just ridiculous stuff like that. And you have to think, people who continue that mentality are still thinking like it's 1937. Oh, yeah. And I remember another mentality that was going on in 1937. How did that turn out? You know, I mean, even though you're going against a, a race of people, in a sense, you you are as well with people who smoke marijuana. Sure. You know, I mean, there's there's no difference in, in the type of persecution people who smoke weed are getting from people who don't smoke weed, who have never smoked weed, who have no idea what it does, who are telling us that we can't do it. Yeah. And then that's the biggest, I, I think, rub that you, that you can point out to people who are against this is that they've never done it. And how can you tell me something's bad if you've never done it before? They've all seen Reefer Madness. And right, and you're just believing all that stuff. <laughs> right. But why right, but why is it so important to you that I not do this? Why is it so important to you? Why are you so concerned that I not smoke that? What what's what's gonna happen? You know, I mean what that hasn't already happened, okay? The society runs high, right? Everyone's right. everyone's stoned. On Every, something. On something, right. If you're high on weed, you're, you're drunk at work, you know, you're on pills. You go to any office, office space anywhere in the world, I bet you you'll find someone with a purse full of pills. Right, for sure. Every office has that person. And they, in front of everyone, they'll take it out and pop it. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry, I got a prescription. I got a prescription. Right. My name's on the bottle. We're fine. Thank you. Exactly. It's just... And the inability for people in position of power to see this got to makes you wonder what else is behind the the it, door there. What, why it, are you so adamantly against this when you know it should be good for everyone? I'll tell you what. It's the pharmaceutical companies haven't figured out a way to make it so that they make a high enough margin on their profit. Because right now, marijuana is something you, anybody can grow. It's something that's uh, easily available and accessible. And pharmaceutical companies bank on your ability to not be able to cr- create on, on your own their product. So they can charge you $250 a bottle for a prescription of Oxycontin pills because you have no ability to make that on your own. Right. But they can't charge you 250 you know, bucks on you know, four grams of weed because you're going to go down to your neighborhood guy and just pull four grams off his plant. Right. And so I think the issue right now uh, politically is that too many people have their pockets aligned by the pharmaceutical companies, and the pharmaceutical companies are on a full blitz to, to prevent uh, the availability and the um, acceptance of marijuana because it's going to put them out of business. Yeah, don't forget private prisons. 
That's tr- that's huge. That's a huge. That's a, that's one of those things that you, that really makes you wonder. Yeah. You know, like what is really going on with for private profit prisons, man? prison? For profit prison, man. There's some shenanigans going on there, man. <laughs> There's some serious shenanigans going on. Do you know a lot of times when you call into like AT and T for customer service and stuff, you're talking to a prison inmate. No, no way. Yeah. Uh, for real? Yeah. And I think it's uh, there's a few states that they're actually uh, contracted to work with the prisoners uh, to use them as their like call center. Oh wow. Yeah. So <laughs> they have access to your like you know account information or whatever. Else. Oh, that's interesting too. <laughs> I worked at a call center for Verizon Wireless, and it was worse than prison. <laughs> it was worse than prison. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I know, I, I've done a call center before. I ain't never doing that again. The only thing good about working with a large group of people was that every time I went to the bathroom, the seat was warm. <laughs> <laughs> Send me back to the hole. I want to <laughs> take another call. Actually, my girlfriend, uh, Rochelle, I love you, baby. She just uh, quit uh, a job where she was doing um, direct TV sales for the through a company. I guess a third, a third party company that was contracted with direct TV to call their people and sell them crap. And she did it for a few weeks, and she was not having it. And yeah. Hates that stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, all right, this is a little article I pulled up. It's kind of funny because we talk drug code here. We talk about, like, the words you would use, to, you know, to disguise the actual drug you're looking for. You know what I'm saying? You talk to your drug dealer, you're not going to ask for straight up, you know, ecstasy. You're going to say something else, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I read this article here. This makes you laugh. DrugFreeKidsArizona. No, it's, wait, it's DrugFreeAZKids.com. All right. So I still got to read this. And you guys <laughs> Have you heard your teen talk about wanting to go skiing with a friend named Molly? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you overheard them asking for their friends to bring over Skittles to hang out. Oh, God. <laughs> While these may seem like harmless topics, your kids may actually be discussing the latest drug trends. Yes. So now every time we, every time a kid's like, hey, I'm gonna go get some Cheetos, they're gonna be like, oh my god, no, no, what are Cheetos? <laughs> what exactly. is Cheetos? Yes. Let me see your pupils. Right. And it's funny because uh, the ones they're using for examples are kind of mainstream. Uh, however, I don't, I never heard this one. Going skiing. Going skiing. Do you know, do you know what going skiing is? Um, the drug code is going skiing. Let's see. Uh-huh. Some rapper has a, a song that says, "I've got enough coke to run a slalom." Ah, it nice. is cocaine. Nice. Look at you, man. Look at See that. Some it. rapper says that. What rapper was it? Remember? Come on, bro. <laughs> it's snorting cocaine. That's what it says. It's a snorting cocaine. Snorting cocaine. Not just cocaine, but going skiing is snorting, snorting. cocaine. Because, um, you know, it would be going, it'll be uh, maybe um, soon to be snorting snook. Snow cane. Snow cane. <laughs> New code word. Did New I just, code. Did I, yeah, snow oh cane, right? God, I just, yeah. Did I just create that? We just started that. Oh, my goodness. That, I'm claiming It turns that. all your bad feelings into good feelings. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Snow cane. <laughs> uh, so they put Molly as, you know what Molly is, right? Yeah, the... Uh, the um, MDMA. MDMA. Yes, yeah. and Skittles. Um, I said pills? Yeah, that's all. It says prescription drugs could range from painkillers to stimulants. Yeah, I've heard of like Skittles parties where like like kids will bring, like they'll have like a bowl and everyone brings like prescription pills and throws right. them in a bowl and they just like popping them like Skittles. These weren't the same Skittles that Trayvon Martin was carrying in Florida, <laughs> right. was it? No, I think those were actually Skittles. But he had iced tea. Wasn't, there, iced a, tea. wasn't there a drug that they were putting together with those two things? Yeah, I think if you put those together with like uh, methane, you can get methamphetamines, I think. Is that, is that correct? No? Is that correct? Is that correct? <laughs> you, Brian, see, you, you put it in a baby bottle and shake it up with some gasoline, get real high. Get real <laughs> high. <laughs> okay, uh, the, other, the other name is rolling. That's uh, ecstasy, that's right? Ecstasy. High yeah. on ecstasy, it says. 710. 
710. This is kind of a new one to me. I've, I've come across this since I, there was a Club 710 here in, in, in Phoenix. I don't know. Se- 710 is uh, spells, it says spells oil. So 710, I think it's uh, like backwards, it spells oil. That's reaching. Or upside down, excuse me. That's, that's cr- I don't know. <laughs> Which represents hash oil, a, a highly concentrated form of THC and marijuana. All right. Uh, dabbing, which uh, you guys know what dabbing is. Yeah, wax. But see, that's not like a, it's dabbing as a. Yeah, you know, I guess it's a code word, but uh, it's a new. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm reading it as the drugfreeazkids.org writes it in their page. <laughs> dabbing, a newly popular method of smoking THC-rich hash oil extracted from the marijuana plant. Yeah, they're educating me. Yeah. And eighth, that's their other one. Eighth. Eighth. It just says eighth. That oh, no, wait. So eighth, quarter, and quad. Okay. So that's just your measurements. So. Yeah. I'm like, come on. That's not a code Come word. on, team lingo. That's why <laughs> now. This is April. This, I, this article came in April. In and, Breaking and, Bad, they call him a teenth, right? Yeah. A teenth with a smaller piece. Yeah, I guess. I got to tell you, man, these people need a little update on the drug codes. <laughs> Don't <laughs> we you should think? send them an email with some real <laughs> updates. Hey, let me, can I write your drug code? For <laughs> right. you, please? you need a real. I think they're just right. obscure enough to get these parents be like, oh, I be- better start reading all of their text messages. Remember and Better find Off? my own. Do you ever see Better Off Dead, the movie Better Off Dead? Absolutely. With, with John it's a Cusack. great one. Remember when his dad's trying to like, talk to him? <laughs> he's, he's got the book. Right off. He's like, on, Dad, on. <laughs> he's not trying to be hip. Yes. <laughs> It's kind of like I see these people, really. It's like, you know what's funny? I, th- I really think they're concerned about something that's not there, really, yeah. to be honest with you. I, they're making more, they're making a mountain out of a molehill with this. And they're actually drawing more attention to the drugs for their kids than ever before. Oh, mm-hmm. sure, sure. And so for that, I blame <laughs> the prohibitionists for their stupidity, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know. and that's true. I mean, because if you looked at the, uh, at the um, national acceptance for, like, medical marijuana when... Um, you know, five, six years ago, you're looking at like 30, 40%. Now you're looking at like 60% nationwide approval for, you know, medical marijuana stuff. And so, yeah, once everyone realized that everyone's high around them and the world's not ending, everyone's like, ah, that's all right. That's, that's it, man. That's exactly it. Once you realize that John, who's in the next stall next to you, uh, not in the crapper, but, you know, the next, <laughs> <laughs> the next cubicle. The cubicle crapper. You know, they're kind of the same. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the that guy is, you know, he's the awesome worker, man. He shows up early, stays late. He's a good guy. He works everything. But now, you know, they found out he smokes weed. Now he's not able to get that promotion. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, man. What's the difference? You know he's a good person. He does the same thing. It does the same way. thing. Right, exactly. Yep. And you come, you come in the next day, you know, bragging about your hangover. Right, you, you talk know, freely about that. Red Solo Cup, right? <laughs> you know, as that's playing let's on party. your player as you're let's, working. Let's party and get fucked up. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's all it is. Let's get fucked up. We get throw up on people. Let's uh, you know fall down on the ground because it's fun, and and I'm a you know. No, I don't no. want to do that. I had so much fun, I don't remember it. Yep. <laughs> I'd rather fall down from a seated chair if I'm that drunk. I'll That's tell you that right, much. Right. I'm not going to be, I won't I, be standing up. I, I can't tell you the last time I was that drunk, man. I, I just, there's no need for it anymore. No, there's none. All right, so we got to play a game here before we move on to our other games. We have two games to fit here in 10 minutes. So Name That Drug is the game we like to play here. So I'm going to play a, a, a sound clip of the side effects from a prescription drug on TV. I love it. All right. <laughs> You'll have choices of the drugs. And those choices are Abilify, um, 
<laughs> I'm trying to find the other one. Here we go. Zarelco, which is AFib. Okay. Zarelco's AFib. Abilify, you know what Abilify is for, right? I think it's for mental, it's for uh, um, I have no idea. ADD kind of stuff. Oh, okay. I think. I could be wrong. I'll, I'll pick one that you like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll do uh, Zarelco, Zoloft, or Myoprex. What's Myoprex? Okay, so Zoloft is for a you know for yeah. mental disorder. Um, Zorelco is AFib, and Myopex is uh, restless leg syndrome. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Name that drug. May cause you to feel drowsy or fall asleep during normal activities such as driving, or to feel faint or dizzy when you stand up. Tell your doctor if you experience these problems. If you drink alcohol, are taking medicines that make you drowsy or if you experience increased gambling, sexual, or other intense urges. Other side effects include nausea. Urge to gamble. <laughs> that's the, that's the my urge favorite. To gamble. <laughs> or sexual urge. Ooh. What does that mean? That means this guy's going to rape someone? Is that what that means? I don't know. What does sexual urge mean? <laughs> Do you want to stick something up your ass? <laughs> Do you want to know how that feels? I mean, like, I don't get it. So, oh, let's play God. it again here. Yeah, let's see that. It may cause you to feel drowsy or fall asleep during normal activities such as driving. Yikes. Or to feel faint or dizzy <laughs> when you stand up. Tell your doctor if you experience these problems. If you drink alcohol, are taking medicines that make you drowsy, or if you experience increased gambling, sexual, <laughs> or other intense urges. Other side effects include <laughs> nausea. And nausea. Uh, by the way, you go throw up, too. I, I, lo- I love the level of trust with these <laughs> prescription drugs. Like, they, they really count on you not drinking while you're taking these right. pills. Isn't which that- <laughs> I know, right? Are you me, kidding me? They had me all the way up to nausea. I'm not going to take it now. I don't like nausea. Yeah, right, exactly. But I mean, like, I'm just curious on all that stuff. So, yeah, Mirapex, which is restless legs. Okay. Uh, what did we say the other ones were? Zoloft. Uh, Zoloft and, and... The AFib one. Yeah, the um, AFib. Zorelco. Zorelco. Yeah. Um, I would say it's Zoloft. Zoloft? My money is on Zoloft. Zoloft well. too. You're going for mental disorders. Yeah. It is restless leg syndrome. Oh my god. <laughs> my leg twitches. I'm gonna Wait, start gambling. I know, man. I was like, I'm gonna start wrestling. I'm gonna get wrestling. I need to get to a casino or something like that. I, I just that's the weirdest impulse that they can put down. It's a side effect. I don't understand that. It seems like sleepwalking should be included with those to justify the increased restless. chance of gambling. Right. Like, you know, like when you want to gamble this. Yeah. You know, like, I don't understand. Right. It's just a weird. <laughs> I guess they got to put everything down as an effect of the sides. All right, so let's uh, play. Uh, let's play porno music or not. And now the musical game where you decide if it's porn or not. That's not music to my ears. All right, guys, this is music from a porno, or it's not something else from TV. I shall say. Okay, now this is music. From Skinamax porn, softcore, nothing below the waist. You got you? Yeah. Okay. Or something else on TV, maybe internet, I don't know, some other sound that might sound like porn. Like porn. Capiche? Got it. We on the same page, Brian? I think so. All right. He knows do, his do, porn. Do we, do we know our porn? Well, the Skinamax stuff, at least. All right, the Skinamax, at least. Here we go. Is this porno music or not? <laughs> Almost sounds Disney. Kind of does, doesn't it? I can totally see Bambi frolicking right now. I'm gonna say not. 
I'm gonna say not. I don't. Yeah, not. What are you feeling? You feeling Bambi on one hand? I got what? On one hand. I don't know. I mean, the strings are so tranquil. I just don't. I don't think Skinamax has the talent. That's <laughs> true. So you're going no. All right. So you it, it, just not porn. You're not thinking anything else. All right. It is porno music. Oh my. Shit. <laughs> is Bambi's from, frolicking somewhere. It is from Spider Babe. <laughs> Spider Babe. <laughs> it is from Spider Babe. I checked. It's not right. to be confused with Spider Pig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be uh, Is that already out? Spider Pig. <laughs> spider Pig does whatever a Spider Pig does. <laughs> All right. So we'll do the next one. Is this porn or is it not? Is that typo negative? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Peter Steele. NJ God. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Okay. Give me a scene. What do you got going on? What's the scene? You got a scene, you got a scene in mind here? Not one I can describe. What about you? <laughs> I'm going to say no. You're going no still. What yeah. are you feeling on this one? I think uh, that's a the first commercial? track off of Creed's new album. Creed's <laughs> new album. Um, He's broke, dude. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not pulling another band. So you got it's, it's gonna, <laughs> anything on TV or anything like that. Oh, jeez. I would. I wouldn't use like a real song. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. It could be like a CSI kind of thing. CSI thing, but you're thinking porn still. I'm thinking it could be porn. Okay. What's the CSI porn? Yes, okay. that's actually a good genre of porn. Is I'm just it, kidding. I've never seen that. Is it porn or is it not? It is porno Woo! music. Yeah, it's all porno music, isn't it? All, all I all I wrote down was uh, as long as you can move your hips to it. All I wrote down was um, limo fuck. Oh. <laughs> That's all I wrote down. It's, I was like, I got I got to do a better job at actually, you know, um, like tagging my files. So you know what's going so on. I know what I, yeah, no, no, I'm playing next. All right, here we'll do uh, we'll do one more. Here. It, it, it wasn't very classy. So is, I can see is, a, is a porn. Or is it not? <laughs> Something's going down here. Oh my god, I don't know what it is, but I love it. Ready for the drop? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what do you got for me? Uh, I'm going to say no, because I don't know how you can get down to that. Okay, you guys want to know? I think that's the season finale of Top Chef, isn't it? Top Chef. So you're both going no. <laughs> is it porno or is it not? It is not porno. Yes, yes. you guys are both right. It is uh, music for a uh, video that I watched for a uh, dash cam on on the internet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more, one more. Well, uh, we have one more. Here we go. Is this porno or is it not? It's like 80s cop porn. <laughs> what, whatever porn it's yes. from, it was filmed in an office building. Right. Yes. <laughs> is it so? Is it porn? You guys thinking porn? Yeah, that's that's pretty straightforward. That's porn. definitely <laughs> porn. <laughs> it's definitely porn. Is it porn or is it not? It is porno music. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, it's An- it's uh, Amber Lynn. That's her name. And. All I had it was like a collage of her like this not even oh it was GI that's what I had the best of no it was a GI she's like dressed up in GI clothes oh and she's just like stripping and it's just like boring it's like <laughs> it's so bad 
It Amber almost sounds like the theme to Top Gun there for a second. It was. It was All very right, so one, one more one more piece. This is a little venture off of of uh, my game, uh, Porn Music or Not. It's called Soap or Porn, and it's music. Excuse me, or it's dialogue from a soap opera or a porno. <laughs> Love okay. it. You tell me, is it from a soap or a porn? Bet you're missing that action now, huh? Give me half of that. Hey, I'm starving and there's nothing to eat. I'll take a bite out of yourself. There's enough of that to go around. I don't have to listen to this. I don't... <laughs> soap. You going soap? Yeah, let's, let's say soap opera. You going soap? All right, uh, it is soap opera. Yes, good job, guys. I'm beating my game. You can leave now. You can leave. Now. <laughs> um, you're excused. It's uh, one life to live, by the way. One life. Just in case you're paying attention. Just in you, case which, you've been watching your stories. Which you weren't, so I don't really care. Burn I'm, this a, for I'm a general people. hospital kind of guy myself. Hey, um, thanks for coming in, man. Thank you for I, having us. Uh, dude, totally, man. And for rocking our shirt. I, I, I it, was, man. absolutely. I, and not the rocket. I, mean, I do I wear it. You can see it's worn. It's worn down, man. Yeah, well, you can, I, we, uh, it's, it's funny because I got the shirt when we were in Vegas. Yeah. We, we ran into each other in Vegas. One of those awesome nights of like, who else is in Vegas? Yeah. Like, hey, I know Burn This for a Friend, or Johnny knew, I think you guys were yeah. jamming yeah, over there. Yeah, we were uh, playing over So we're like, cool. We, we, uh, I did comedy that night. Yeah. And yeah. then I we went over to see you guys play. And then you met Andy Dick like 20 minutes after you left us. Yeah, we went, we went over to the stratosphere where we were staying. And yes, Andy Dick was there, and we were hanging out with him. And uh, <laughs> I felt bad because he, he kind of still wanted us to hang out. That's cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? I got drinks with Andy Dick. That'd be, it was crazy. I'm glad we didn't stay the whole night with him. Yeah. That could have turned out to <laughs> That would have been a I, I story be for you all to tell. <laughs> I might not still be here. All right, Brian and Justin of uh, Burn This for a Friend, thank you for, for hanging out with us. And uh, for everyone out there, if you missed most of the show, you can catch it on iTunes or voiceamerica.com. The Variety Channel has going go- global with that gas, man. When's this medicine wear off? <laughs> <laughs> Spacing out. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.